sports staff of the Holland Sentinel. This is From the Press Box. With your hosts, Brian Vernellis, Dan Diadonna, and Chris Zatarazny. Welcome to another edition of From the Press Box, the Holland Sentinel Sports Staff's weekly podcast where we discuss anything and everything sports. I'm sports editor Dan Diadonna, along with... Assistant sports editor Chris Zatarazny. Yeah, it's a mouthful. It's it a long is. last name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> we're just glad he got through that. Uh, starting us off life. on a good note. My whole life. <laughs> <laughs> Diadonna and Zatarazny. Interesting. Italian, out, out Italian in, and Polish. Out in Dutchland. It's, yeah. Makes it's no uh, sense, right? it's kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, the, we're the outsiders when yes. it comes to names. Um, so we got a lot to talk about. Uh, lots of sports going on in the area. Uh, we're going to start with the Hope men's basketball team. And lately when we've been starting with the Hope men's basketball team, we've been talking about very tough losses, um, very almost wins, uh, which has been kind of the theme of the season. But they had to play three games last week because of uh, – cancellation and postponements and they won all three chris first yeah. time they've won three games in a row all year what do you make of uh you know of this time for them heading you know where we got it you know, about a week and a half before miwa tournament well i think it's even crazier that it, it was actually four games in like eight days and they lost it was the calvin loss was the the fourth game mm-hmm. so theoretically they could have had four wins in eight days which is which is crazy um but looking at looking back at, at specifically the alma game that I covered on Wednesday night, it was a classic MIAA kind of just tooth and nail battle um, between two decent teams. Alma's not as good this year; they're kind of down a little bit, but they gave Hope quite, you know, quite the run for their money. And Jason Beckman had his perhaps his best game of his season. Um, he's had better games, <laughs> a couple of better games, but in terms of points, but he went off for thirty eight. Um, and I, what I thought was really big for them was the play of Preston Granger uh, in the paint. Um, he he had 20 points, but he had, and only five rebounds, but he created a lot of chaos um, for Alma, and it forced them to shoot a little more from the outside. And it shows because they made 15 of 27 three pointers, which is that's a heck of a lot. That's a lot. But they only made 32 field goals in the game, um, comparatively to I mean 31 for Hope, but still he forced some pressure there that that forced him to shoot outside and. And Alan made some shots, certainly, but it's a big win for for Hope. I mean, that's that's a uh, a big positive going forward into the final week of the season, where they really needed to to get a win, a close win, where games they've in the past they haven't won those games. So they've been right. really close, and then they've been losses. So it's kind of a, a big deal to get that third win in a row, and also win a close game, which they haven't done all season long. Right. It's it's big for them to get that in crunch time where they can can do that because i mean they've won a lot of games this year too but most of the games that they've won they've been in control yes or they've come back from 20 down to win by 20 as they did in that one game against campus <laughs> uh, but that's still winning by 20 now um so it's just kind of crazy but this is huge for them i think um you know the with the the 200th hope calvin game rivalry talk and all that kind of stuff passed now they kind of got a fresh start you know to look forward now and uh who knows everybody's beating up on each other they're still in it they are it was a, it was shocking as we were sitting there watching the game go on and we were kind of keeping track alan babbitt the hope sid was keeping track of what was going on in the miaa and it turns out because hope was able to win that game and because of some losses by other teams they got into a tie for a third place in the MIAA. I never thought that was going to happen yeah they moved you know, up from like fifth to third yeah it was i think adrian which is like one maybe one win beat all of that who is really good and yeah. then try and lost to, to albion i believe right. um, in overtime 
And so that slides up Calvin and all of that down one and hoping the third. Like that's was that possible last week? It, it didn't look like it, it after they it, lost to Calvin. It really didn't. It really didn't. And uh, But you never know what's going to happen. The MIAA has been very balanced the last couple of years, which has been really good. And there's, uh, there's a real chance now, potentially, they could still tie for the league win. It's it's possible. It's possible. Yeah. It it Albion and Trine both need to lose ne- you know the next two games and hope he's winning their next two, and there there could be a three or four way tie for first place in the league. Crazy. <laughs> I mean that's that's typical MIAA basketball, but this late in the season this this kind of chaos happening is something I didn't expect a week ago. Right, and it's the, it's the way it's happened. Like like you said, I mean, it's we've had years where there's been three good teams and they've been all within a game of each other the whole year. And then maybe two or three of them tie, you know, but each one of them beats one of the other and loses to the other. And it's a three way tie. But you knew all the way that it was going to be like that because they separated themselves and uh, from the rest of the pack. But there is the whole pack is the I mean, I mean, it's crazy. Even Kalamazoo beat Olivet. Yeah. You know, and and Adrian beat Olivet. And it's like, all right, Kalamazoo beat. Olivet and the game before they lost to Olivet by like almost 40 points it's a little weird welcome to the MIAA <laughs> it's a little That's, weird it's really crazy so this is a this was a big week for them and, and I'm glad you mentioned Preston Granger um, even the week before when Hope lost to Calvin and you know struggled a little bit as a team he was playing really really well he kind of exploded offensively and it added a little bit of a dynamic um, if he can continue that and Beckman can continue that you know what Riley Lewis is going to give you. You know you know what Dennis Towns is going to give you. You get a little one of the better boost games from Teddy Ray and keep that going. They're a dangerous team. Yeah. They're a dangerous team. They haven't had too many games where they've all put it together at the same time. If they can do that, they are a team capable of making a run in the national tournament. But they haven't really shown it yet. Yes. Um, when Beckman's had big games, Teddy Ray has not had big games. When Teddy Ray's had big games, Beckman hasn't really had big games. When Granger's had big games, Towns hasn't had big games, and vice versa in the post. It's just kind of the way it goes. Um, but they're relying a lot more on their starters than their bench, even yes. though in years past they've relied quite a bit on their bench. And I'm not saying that they don't rely some on their bench, but they do rely quite a bit on their bench, but it's not for scoring. Right, it's, it's it's more. Ryan Gam doesn't come in to score. Sam Vree doesn't come in to score. Danny Beckman doesn't come in to score, although he has been. Cal, same for Calvin Hackard. Um, they these guys come in for defense. Yes, and for energy, and they do a good job of that. Um, but it's just a little bit different, different dynamic. Oh yeah, um, yeah. But kind of interesting to see how that's going to play out, and especially when. They're going to have that rest versus starters issue come up in late in games. Oh, yeah. uh, and they've got two tough games this week. All of that at home on Wednesday for senior night and then at Albion to finish the season. I mean, you got to go to Albion and potentially upset them to maybe get a second seed in the MIAA tournament and a bye. Yeah. That's on the line at that point if they yeah. win on Wednesday. But they they got to win on Wednesday, Wednesday to do it. Yeah. So it's not, you know, it's not an easy task, especially this late in the season, but they can, they can do it and they've, They've proven to themselves that they could do it last week. Right. Um, so we'll see how that plays out for them this week. And it's funny. This is why, too, why the MIAA went to a six-team MIAA tournament. Because 
it's not a two-team race. I mean, there were years where it was Hope and Calvin. It went through Hope and Calvin every year, every year. Occasionally, you get an Albion or somebody else in there. Um, but anybody can win now. But the six-team doesn't work the same way for the women. Right. <laughs> uh, even though they still have it. I mean, clearly, Hope and Trine are the best two. Trine and Hope, I should say, in that order, are the best two teams in the MIAA for the women. And there's quite the drop-off after that. Yes. Um, so the Hope women, they're you know down to their last week of the regular season, too. Um, they can't, handle they things. Can't, yeah, they can't finish first. They're, they're going to finish right, second. They've lost both games to Trine. They've beat Calvin both times. Um, they beat everybody else. Yes. Who they've played twice, twice. They haven't lost any other league games to, except to Trine. Yep. Um, it's just, I mean... Knowing that they're they can't take first no matter what, and knowing that Trine's kind of got the upper hand, it's just kind of a weird vibe to the end of the season, the last week and a half or so yeah. for the women. Um, I, I mean, Chris, you cover you cover them. I mean, there's they could lose these two games, still finish second, yes, easily, yep, or whatever. Um, obviously, you want to go into the tournament, yeah, on, know, a high on, note. A, on a high note, but. And I don't expect them to lose either of these two games. Same here. But what what do they need to do in these next couple of games to be ready for maybe Calvin in the semifinal again? And then and then trying a third time. Yeah. I mean, what they've been close with trying, but trying is clearly won those games this is not like a last second fluke shot or whatever like that they've been in control of those games yeah what do they need to do this week to be ready for trying well i think the the big thing is it's just focusing on one game at a time you can't look ahead yet they, they know that they're going to go down and trying for the tournament that's that's a, that's a guarantee um but they have two games they have they have uh adrian and all of that they have to travel to adrian on wednesday and then at home against all of that for senior day and those are two teams that are very beatable Adrian is down this year. Olivet is down this year. Um, they're both at the lower end of the pack in the standings. So, really, it's it's about getting the depth, the the continuing playing time. You know, keep your starters for the most part healthy and and get them some time and some reps. But get that depth out there, and that worked really well the past couple of games, especially in over the past week, where it happened for the men, where they won three games in you know uh, in a week or whatever. Four, you know, they had four games in eight days. The women had the same problem, but they won all four games. Mm-hmm. And their depth played a key role in those games where they played a lot and they scored a lot. And almost everybody that played in each game, I think, scored for the most part outside of maybe the same areas game where a couple mm-hmm. didn't score. You know, that's, that's going to happen. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's depth. They got to play that depth. They have to give that confidence. And once they have that confidence and for that depth, and it looks like they can roll two or three lines will even call it <laughs> yeah. of, of players um, going into the tournament they're, they'll feel pretty confident about themselves for sure for sure and I think that uh, it'll be interesting too that like the depth Mallory Gerber's been playing really well Ashley Thomas has been playing really well their their reserves have been playing really well does that I mean I feel like I'm just waiting for the starters to explode and maybe that'll happen against trying, um, but you know, like it's they haven't needed to, right? Not, not but when they've needed lately. to, they haven't. I mean, Frankie's dominated some games. Frank yeah. uh, Frankie Buchanan has dominated some games, but I feel like there's still, and they've played well too. But I feel like there's still an explosion level 
for Kennedy Schoonville, for Lauren Newman. Uh, Voskel started to get there, actually. Yeah, she has. Um, she has. But the guards especially, I feel like, and, and Sidney Muller, I feel like there's an explosion level where any of them can take over a game they have in the past. And they have in the postseason in the past. Yes. Uh, at least Kennedy has and Newman has. Um, but it hasn't happened yet. So, yeah. I mean, obviously Trine's got good guards, right? Brandy Dawson. All-American. Is an All-American. Yeah. I mean, she's... She's the real deal. Um, what do the guards need to do to, if not slow her down, to at least um, return fire from what she's doing? Yeah, well, I thought in the game against Trine a few weeks ago when they had to travel down there and, and they ended up losing um, a close battle, 78-72, they were right with Trine to the very end. And it just happened, so happened that Hope didn't get a couple buckets here and there and and try and shot a few more free throws, and, and that was pretty much it. Um, they held Dawson pretty well in the first half. They were able to focus and key in on her, and although a couple of other players had some monster games, um, Cassie Williams had 17, and Katie Steers had 10, and off the bench, they had a girl that had 11 points. So it's, it's really just making sure that you contain Dawson as much as you can and hope a little bit that the other players don't shoot as well, but if you can contain Dawson... Um, you're taking a, a big part of their game away. And they did that in the first half, which is why it was so close throughout the entire game. Um, the first matchup, it wasn't like that. Dawson kind of just did her own thing, and she went off and and kind of and, and was the best player on the floor the entire way. That wasn't the case necessarily in the second game. So if, if Hope can, can contain her early on in the next matchup, um, they'll have a, a really good shot. But they need to have some outside shooting, be consistent. They need to have Frankie have – her kind of game where she can have you know 15 points 15 boards you know double double and free throw shooting frankly has to be on and it was on against trying it just wasn't um the entire game wasn't as close as they wanted it to be gotcha well it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out they could play trying they should play trying in the final likely tournament yeah based the first two seeds get buys in both the men's and women's right. tournament and so there's a chance they could play each other again in the tournament yeah absolutely uh, it depends on how they kind of shift i mean the last couple of years they've sent trying has been south south and teams have come to hope or you know hope stays with the chicago teams and trying has kind of stayed with the uh ohio teams you know or whatever um so it'll be interesting to see i wouldn't be surprised if they put them together though yep uh, See this, this time i feel like this is the year that that might happen they're both ranked in the top 10 um in the country they're both great teams and it shows how great this this league needs to be at and teams are more competitive and it's it's showing in the standings so um, we'll we'll see come tournament time all right before we shift gears to high school hoops um uh, wanted to give a shout out to big slice um he just uh sam Vanderslice for cornerstone just had his senior day um, we wrote the big piece about him earlier in the year after setting the all-time cornerstone rebounding record. Uh, he also has since had a 40-20 and 20 game, right? Yeah. I mean, yes. that's sickening. Yep. I think um, he missed five shots that game, the entire the entire game, only yeah. five shots. Yeah, for a center, that's pretty pretty amazing. So he's uh, looking to lead cornerstone to uh, the conference tournament championship coming up here. Um, and uh, And who knows? I mean, if he can keep playing like this and they get some outside shooting they're going to be a dangerous team and a national title contender there in the naia so um but congratulations big slice for setting the rebounding record 
um, and known for only dropping one piece of pepperoni in the shoot that we did um, with the big slice. I'm sure, of pizza. It was good pizza too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, all right. So let's move on to high school. High school basketball. Um, we've had a lot of games postponed, canceled, and whatever the last couple of weeks. Um, we had two key games on Friday. Uh, Chris, you were at one of them. The Zealand West boys against Holland Christian. Holland Christian was coming off a game against Unity where they could tie for first place in the OK Green if they won because uh, they had lost to Unity before and they yep, hadn't yep. lost to anybody else. Unity hadn't lost to anybody. And Unity beat them by five, four or five points. Yeah, it was a five-point game. game yeah. Good game. Uh, tied at halftime, tied after the third quarter. Um, just a really quality game. Uh, then they face uh, Zealand West at the Civic, right? Yeah, it was senior night at the Civic senior for, night for the, the boys Civic. and the girls, actually. And, well, and Zealand West is good. They're in third place. Yep, uh, they're right up there. And, and they kind of took it to Holland Christian. They really did, uh, right from the start, too. I mean, it was they had them on their heels right away. Uh, Chris, what, what were they doing so well? Well, I don't know if it was they. It was more like he, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, Mason Baker had a performance unlike I've ever seen in, in, in a quarter. I've seen some great games, but in a quarter, Zealand West scored 15 points. He scored 13 of those 15 points. I mean, that's unheard of. And then you go into the second quarter, and he had no buckets in the second quarter. Right. Yet Zealand West was still ahead. They were still controlling the pace of play. It, it was really a great offensive scheme they, they put together to work around uh, Holland Christian's defense. And it, it found Mason Baker a lot in the first quarter and then in the fourth quarter as well when, when Holland Christian made a run. Um, that, to me, was one of the better games I've seen all year long for any basketball game, especially high school boys. Uh, but Zealand West, they put Holland Christian on their heels. And although the Maroons were without Ethan Aldrink, who had a, a ankle injury late in the first quarter, that, that hurt a little bit. Um, their depth showed the next game, and they beat Grand Rapids Christian, so they can win without him. Mm-hmm. But they they couldn't quite recover in terms of how to figure out to stop Mason in the in the entire game. That's that's pretty much what what it was. Right. And the interesting part to me is that Mason Baker's stature and game isn't sneaking up on anybody. No, he's he was wide open. But I mean he usually plays a little bit of second fiddle scoring wise to Eli Stefan. They're very talented guard. But he's always there to do what he needs to do to me this was i mean we've seen stefan you know dominate some games to me this was huge for zealand west because it proved as we get closer and closer to the district tournament that they have multiple kids who can take over a game yes and there's a difference between being a really good player and being able to take over a game and there's a lot of really good players out there that don't ever take over a game. Zealand West has two guys now that can take over a game. Yeah. In addition to us, some other good players. Um, I mean, even Carson Galker is proving that he can have that ability to yeah, at least a few with rebounding. In that game. Right. I mean, he hits a couple he, outside shots. I mean, you, he, the game I covered against Zealand East, the, uh, the game before that, he had like three offensive rebound putbacks in a row, and you know, like was a force there so not only was this interesting for the okay green because now holland christian and zealand west could tie for second place um or not depending on whatever everybody else does they're right. in position right. like that now but um it is it is kind of uh proved that zealand west is a dangerous 
yeah. tournament team yeah. because of the different ways. And they're different. It's not just two guards either. You know, Eli Stefan shoots really well but also drives to the basket and gets fouled. So he does all the things that the guard, guards do. Mason Baker does things that guards do and things that centers do. Yes. And he makes him very difficult to guard. But if you told me out of all the teams who would have the height and athleticism to guard him, it'd be Holland Christian. Right. They yep. got a yep. lot of tall, talented kids, both offensively and defensively. I watched uh, Machma shut Brad Osborne down, Hamilton's Brad Osborne, who has had, what, 29 points against them the first time they yeah. played and yep. then ended up with five the second time. And they I mean, I don't know who the defensive scheme um, was a little well, bit. Well, was guarding Mason, and Mason just just found a way around he just, him. He just had a big, had the big game, yeah. had the big performance, and, and it's it's interesting. It happened, like I said, in the first quarter, but also in the fourth quarter. And I'll go back to it. The Maroons were down four points after Jackson Halbert hit a three pointer with three eighteen to play. It was thirty five thirty one Ducks lead. All of a sudden, that first quarter gambit by Mason was was completely erased because they were within four consecutively he had a step back jumper and then underneath reverse layup so it's a it's a play that a, a center can do but then he also had a play that a guard can do mm-hmm. with a step back jumper like that's that's incredible yeah and it was both of them were contested Machma was guarding him the entire game and it wasn't anything that Machma was doing wrong he was right on him. mason was just sinking shots that was it yeah and that was the game that was it right there it's tough to defend making shots i yeah. mean if yeah. the shots are going in that's tough they're yeah. finding a way to get those shots yeah um, but yeah, that's impressive. Um, the other big game on the girls' side was West Ottawa against East Kentwood. Uh, the West Ottawa girls were coming off of an upset win over number two Grand Haven, who was previously undefeated, and um, then they played East Kentwood on Friday. And East Kentwood has been ranked the past couple years. Um, I don't think they're ranked specifically at the moment, but they're the they were on, on paper they've clearly been the second best team in the OK Red after Grand Haven, a team that could be ranked by the end of the year. And um, West Ottawa almost beat them. They lost by three points, and they had a chance to tie with a second and a half on the clock. Natalie done their best player up at the free throw line, and the free throw hit every inch of that rim and missed. And then she had to miss on purpose, and it went out of bounds, and yeah, that was it. At that point. But a minute and a half to go, they were down eight, and you just thought they were done. I started writing my story. Yeah. And I had to do that fun thing that sports writers have to do where you highlight everything and delete it. Yep. Um, but it was just incredible. They got to the line. They got defensive steals. They got their hands on the ball. Uh, West Ottawa was a very, the girls especially, a very dangerous tournament team too because they got four guards who can handle the ball. And their center, Elm, she can handle the ball. You know, they don't get caught in press defensive press situations the same way other teams do because you know when the team's pressing they find the weak link there's no weak link as far as ball handling for them yeah which means they're going to get i mean they're very comfortable if the ball's in dunn's hands if it's in sprick's hands if it's in uh kuiper's hands maybe kuiper Kuiper, elms lucy borski yeah um carner i mean they all can handle the ball just fine um, there's never a danger. Whereas yeah. other teams, there's always one or two liabilities. Most teams, I mean, Hamilton doesn't have this issue either. Right, the girls. Um, but most other teams have a, one or two liabilities where they either get sloppy, scared, or just one momentary judgment lapse. They'll panic. Yep, exactly. You know, 
Um, and not that it happens every time, but if it, you pick out a couple different weak links and it happens a couple times in a row, that's a run for a team. Um, so they got there. Dunn had 29 points. She's doing everything. She's getting to the line. She shoots outside. I don't think she shot any outside shots this whole game either. She had 29 points. I don't think she had any threes. Wow. Uh, maybe one. The team only took three, I think, three three-point attempts. Um, they were running and gunning and getting fouled and getting to the line. and um, It was impressive. It was very impressive. She's able to put the team on her back. Now, the rest of the ball handlers are really good players, but they don't take over the game. They don't score the same way. They score in moments, but Dunn runs the show for them. Uh, and, it, and it, you know, ultimately how she plays will be how the team plays. Right. And she has just played fantastic um, the whole year. You know she's the one that's going to beat you, and she still comes down and beats you. Yeah. And that's really, really difficult impressive. to do. Um, that's really difficult to do, especially for a guard in girls' basketball. I mean, you'll occasionally you'll get talented girls' basketball centers that are taller than everybody else and more talented, like A.J. Ediger is for Hamilton, you know she's going to dominate because she physically dominates right. and intimidates before she even touches the ball. And then she's really good on top of it. But a guard has a lot of work to do, especially if they're the only major scoring threat on their team. We've seen that with Meg Morehouse. Um, the pieces are starting to come together a little bit with them. Um, Kaylee Baker, same thing. Um, it's just different. It's just different, and it's just impressive. Uh, every game I come away impressed, even though I know she's going to run the show. Yeah, and yeah, that, she's that's that good. That's the most impressive thing. So, There's a reason she's going to hope. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Well, maybe. It's in the. It's it's a possibility potentially. She, she's uh, the way she's playing though. She's going to get a lot of offers. So she should be getting um, a lot more looks. Yeah. Well, I think she's, after her performances she's against to, it's, the past it's, couple it's, of it's impressive. It's impressive. So. Um, yeah, we've got a couple other high school sports doing some big things we want to talk about real quick. Um, Chris, if you want to give us your wrestling report here, um, a lot of high school wrestlers <laughs> doing some things. Yeah, we have 19 area wrestlers um, that qualified for regionals, individual regionals, uh, last Saturday. Um, five from Holland. Uh, Zealand East had four. Uh, Zealand West, Hamilton, and West Ottawa had three. And Fenville had one. Um, Holland also um, qualified uh, for the team regional. Uh, after beating Hamilton on the ninth criteria, which means they had to go to takedowns, like initial takedowns in the in the match. Pretty soon, it, I mean, we're just what one one notch away from being. How many times did somebody blink? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, apparently, it took about a half hour to figure out who won that match, and then they had to go right into Zealand East, a team they had they had beat them prior to in early in the season, and they came out on fire. Obviously, excited after they beat Hamilton, and they won won it early on, and they kind of coasted for the win. Um, which is uh, a great finish for them considering they only, I think they finished third in the league or fourth in the league um, less than a week ago uh, when before the meet happened. So that's pretty that's pretty incredible uh, to see where they're at. they got to face Byron Center, who finished first. Um, so that's going to be a really tough challenge for them on Wednesday um, at Byron Center. If they happen to get by Byron Center, they got to face perennial, always great Lowell. I mean, they're always in the team final winning they're just real good yeah um so but in in a saturday they've got four out of their five guys had never made it out of districts before and we'll have a story upcoming on 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 that but um a couple of kids won district titles um the rest obviously finished top four to, to qualify out so um to have 19 
in a year where there really isn't the standout wrestler. No, I couldn't tell years, you who's even. I couldn't even tell you who's challenging for the wrestler of the year. It's everybody right now. A couple of years we've had some standout wrestlers from Holland, especially Corbin Shimano in the past couple of years um, has been that. But there's no real number one wrestler in the area that I've seen perform really well. We'll say. And the key word, yet. Yet, exactly. <laughs> We're coming into some obviously crunch time. This is when you know the best of the best come out. So we'll see what happens on Saturday, but. Um, you know, in Division Two, all these all these guys go out there except for West Ottawa, uh, in Fenville. Uh, West Ottawa has the Division One, in Fenville and Division Three. Um, it's going to be a really tough challenge. You got to face Lowell again at the Division Two regionals, so you got to get past some of the guys that probably beat you um, last weekend. Um, so we'll see where they end up. But you know, to have 19 guys, really impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to seeing who uh, emerges from this group. Exactly. I have a feeling that'll be more than one. Uh, but it should be it should be pretty interesting. Yes. Um, and then in the pool, um, can't talk can't talk about winter sports without talking about the pool. Um, oh, it's probably warmer than outside right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everybody wants to be a swimmer this week. Um, the last couple of weeks here. Uh, so the West Ottawa boys swim team won their forty seventh dual meet in a row last week. The seniors won every dual meet of their entire career. They've won. They've been part of I think thirty-seven of the forty-seven, something like correct. that. Yeah, almost. Uh, yeah, like three quarters. Yeah, ish of them. They've also won every invitational in the regular season. They've won every conference tournament so far, or conference meet. They have another one coming up in a couple weeks, which they're overwhelmingly the favorite. But they've never won the state championship. I mean, they have in their history, but not in this group. Uh, this is the year they've been ranked number one most of the year. Uh, how cool would that be to have you know, a team of seniors that haven't lost anything except the state meet and then win it going out? That's the way it kind of should. The storybook ending for them, I know, really. Right? That I mean, should be that way. I mean, everybody else in the state needs to take notice of the storybook ending and just let it happen, right? Yeah. I mean, come on. They're that good. <laughs> they, they've shown that they're that good, and, and the depth that they have is incredible. If you can win those relays, and those, those relays are real good, <laughs> yeah. you're all set. Right. I mean, they, their problem, they, I thought they were going to win last year, to be honest. But they got uh, they got stuck with a ninth seed in one of the relays, so they were in the B final, and then they won the B final by a lot, and they probably would finish like fourth time wise. But they were stuck with B final points; they were stuck with ninth place points, yeah. and they had a few situations like that individually that it was just enough, just enough. They won they won two of the relays last yeah. year, yeah, and then they didn't even make the final in the third one, and then killed it in the finals in the b final right, so right um they're they're very extremely talented um they got a lot of kids doing a lot of big things uh derek moss and Caden soto have been fantastic um they got a lot of other good kids too jamal hogan has been really good for them kyle langdon um sam smith sam oh sam smith has been out of sight he's he's their big vocal leader um, they got Ty Afric, the last of the Afric <laughs> siblings, uh, making a case, and then uh, the last Moss as well, Kevin Moss, the the fourth. Is fourth he a freshman Moss. or a sophomore? He's a freshman, freshman, and he's been anchoring some of these sprint relays. Yeah. So <laughs> runs in the, the family, must. It, it, oh man, <laughs> it adds a, quite the dynamic here to uh, to what they're doing. Um, but they got to show up on Friday, the prelims day. That's where they lost it last year. You can't win the state meet on a friday of the two-day meet but you can lose it yeah um and 
they, I mean, that's just what happened. And, but most of the kids are back, and they remember it. They're not happy about it. They're motivated yeah. by it. They know what they have here. They know how special this team is. So it's going to be very, very, very interesting at the end of the year here. I mean, I, I would guess they cruise through for another conference championship. Rockford's down. Hudsonville's up, but not quite depth-wise. Doesn't have as, uh, They don't have as many strong kids as, as West Ottawa does. And then, then it's going to be the state meet. And, of course... The state meet is here at the Aquatic Center for them. So Division One is here at Holland. Yeah, wow. so that's going to be very exciting. That's awesome. It's very very exciting for us too because we don't have to go anywhere. Yes, yes. <laughs> it helps to, us in our driving. We don't have to drive uh, for that one. Um, so, um, well, we might still have to, Chris. You might still have to. Yeah, Holland Christian. I might still have to. Holland Christian. They they got a shot at winning again uh, of repeating their title from last year. They got a lot of great players back too. Uh, their major players. Um, and uh, they, uh, it, it's just a little bit different than last year. Last yes. year, we kind of knew they were going to win. They had all these big D1 kids, and now they have half of them, uh, which is still a lot um, of, of their elite swimmers from, from last year. But it'll be a much closer, closer meet. We'll see what happens there. So uh, swim season gearing up. The, the crunch time is gearing up, so the excitement's gearing up for the high school boys here. So... Um, it'll be interesting to see what they got. We got plenty of college kids. Uh, we have twenty nine Division One only college swimmers. Only Division only One. Division one. Yeah. That's not telling, talking about the Grand Valley kids or Saginaw Valley kids or Hopper Calvin D two that Susan Fender from the School of Colorado School of Mines. That's Division <laughs> Two. Those divers uh, from Colorado Mesa and Indianapolis from Zeeland, McComer and Zylstra, who are national runners up. And the Hope Kids, the Calvin Kids, the Albion Kids, whoever. We have over 50. Um, That's crazy. And, uh, yeah, so we'll keep you posted on those, too. But, uh, yeah, keep uh, keep warm this week and uh, try to enjoy some sports. And uh, we will see you next week. For Chris, I'm Dan. Dan.